0: You are listening to My City, My Health, the podcast.
1: Welcome to the Healthy Project podcast, My City, My Health edition. Today, I'm your host, Olivia Ruby, and I'm a student at the University of Iowa studying health promotion. My classmates and I are supporting the My City, My Health conference in Iowa City on April 28th, 2023, which brings together the University of Iowa and the Iowa City corridor community to discuss health equity programs and collaborations. Registration is open at mycity.myhealth. Today, I get to introduce, interview Frederick and highlight his work in community outreach. I'm super excited for this conversation. Okay, let's get right into it. If you wanna tell me a little bit about yourself and what equity means to you.
0: All right, thank you for having me yeah. on your podcast. Again, my name is Frederick Newell and I am the executive director of a nonprofit here in Iowa City called Dream City as well as an inclusion and outreach coordinator at the Iowa City Community School District, on top of being a pastor of a local church here called The Purpose Place. Uh, and the first question was around equity, right? Yeah. Um, so oftentimes, important. you know, when people talk about equity, they I don't think most people understand what equity is, right? Mm-hmm. They think equality. Yeah. But equity is more so kind of around the quality of being fair and impartial regardless of background, circumstances, and things of that nature. So I believe that equity is one of the necessary things that all people should be able to have access to. um, And that's whether it's in education, healthcare, housing, employment, um, and just opportunities in general. And especially when it comes to their basic needs being met. Um, Equality means that everybody get the same. Mm -hmm. Equity means that I get what I need because it's going to help me to, to get to where I need to be in life. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of equity over equality. Um, and I think, you know, it's something not newer in our community, Mm -hmm. um, but it it is taking some time for people to get adjusted to Mm -hmm. equity versus equality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even remember when I was in elementary school and we all, all we learned about was equality. I had no idea what Equity men. And obviously, I mean, I'm only 20 years old, so that wasn't even that long ago. And so, just hearing about equity over equality, I think, is definitely a step in the right direction. And yeah, I absolutely agree, especially for us in the healthcare field, like what I'm going into. Like you said, not everyone in healthcare needs the same treatment. Equality is not giving them the same treatment, it's not anything like that. So, yeah, I completely agree. Okay, next question What drew you to working in the community outreach field? And then how do your previous experiences contribute to your ability to promote equity
0: all right well (laughs) as a former student of the university of iowa i really didn't know that my career would lead me into Mm -hmm. this role of community outreach but what drew me to it was actually um, a group of young men i was working on a project at the neighborhood centers of johnson county for the department of human service And one of the things that I was kind of a part of my role was I was working with fathers and mothers whose child had been removed from the home. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was some young men using this community center, uh, and I can't even call them young men, young boys. Mm -hmm. They were fourth, fifth, sixth grade, and uh, they were always kind of pulling at me, um, wanting me to play basketball with them, spend time with them, to create groups for them. Um, And that's what really got me doing some community outreach. Um, So at that particular time, there wasn't Dream City. Um, I wasn't a pastor. I wasn't working for the school district. Um, I was specifically just doing a project for the Department of Human Service. Um, And from there, my my career shifted and changed. Um, And I've been a part of the community uh, doing outreach since, Um, which also is how Dream City was kind of birthed through some of the community outreach that I was doing, more so focused on young men as well as uh, providing a a resource to fathers within our community.
1: That's awesome. You were from Chicago, correct?
0: I am originally from Chicago. Moved here in 2006 to attend the University of Iowa to be a nursing student. Oh, really? Um, (laughs) And I did not do well in that, (laughs) so I ended up becoming a social worker. Okay.
1: Wow, that's awesome. What made you stay in Iowa City instead of moving back or moving anywhere else?
0: Wow, great question. <laughs> uh, what made me stay here? That
1: made you, I guess, made you want to stay? <laughs>
0: no, it made me. Yeah. Uh, no, my daughters are here. Okay. Um, my church was here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was on a five-year plan. I said that I would stay in Iowa for five years after graduation. Yeah. And now I've looked up, and I've been here over 15 years this year. That's awesome. um, But I love Iowa City. I think it is one of the greatest places to raise children. I agree. Um, My kids are happy here. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, we feel safe here. Um, And it is a place of opportunities. Absolutely. Um, And I've tried to make the best of the opportunities that I've been given.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I'm from Cedar Rapids, so... Close, but Iowa City is definitely, the opportunities here are crazy. Absolutely. Okay, so it says on your website that when you first started, you had that first group of young men or boys that you talked about, um, and they started as 7th and 8th graders, but the statistics said that 100% of them had graduated high school, they attended college, and then now they're living their lives as adults. Um, What steps did you take to help them achieve this?
0: Well, I I won't take credit for (laughs) any of what they've done. Um, I actually give them credit for changing my life and saving my yeah. life. Um, but one of the things that I did with that group of kids was we create, we created an opportunity that allowed for them to consistently have after school programming. Um, so that became a Monday through Friday thing where Monday. we provided academic supports um, and tutoring, which was mandatory for any of those young men who wanted to play on our AAU basketball team. Nice. Um, so that was one of the ways that we kind of got our kids not only locked in to in the sports realm, um, but they had to perform at at least a 2.0 um, mm-hmm. to be able to play on our team. So oh, from I think some of them started as early as fifth grade, but the majority of those guys was in seventh grade at that time. Um, and throughout their middle school and high school career, they all stayed apart and kind of held on to some of those tenets that we put in them. And that was more so around, uh, we have three rules till to this day. Uh, One is respect yourself, Mm -hmm. respect others, and take responsibility for your actions. Um, And those guys did an amazing job of just living up to that um, from the time they got into our program um, until they Mm finished. And uh, the thing about our program is not necessarily we wanted to send them all to college, uh, but an agreement that we had was that they would at least go to, whether it's a Mm two-year, a four-year, or they'll look into getting a trade. Um, And if they was not interested in that, then they would just go off to the military.
1: That's good. Yeah, college isn't for everyone, but obviously it's a great first step for a lot of people. Um, Okay, so it says also on the website that Dream City's goal is inspiring change through advocacy, art, wellness, and community connections. How did you come up with this specific goal for Dream City?
0: I mean, so those four words, and we just added a new word, oh. economic development. Okay. Um, but those are just tenets that we live by. Yeah. Um, the advocacy part is just around when you or when we serve a population of minorities who are often um, overlooked, mm-hmm. not given opportunities, um, treated differently. Um, we wanted to be a change agent and a, an advocacy organization that really fought for the rights of the people that we continually serve. Um, When it comes to art, we have a performing arts academy called the Jones Academy of Performing Arts. Um, So we are really big on being able to help our young people get exposed to different opportunities. Um, Since the pandemic, we have not kind of went back into doing all the things that we used to do around the arts. Um, Wellness, um, that deals with emotional wellness, uh, spiritual wellness, Physical wellness, mm-hmm. mental wellness—it's um, just a part of all the our academies, from our Youth Leadership Academy to Performing Arts to our Fatherhood Academy, um, which is near and dear to my heart, um, as well as our Health and Wellness Academy, and then Community Connections is how do we make um, one community? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you know, people talk about the Iowa City community being a thriving community, mm-hmm. um, but that is for a special group of people sometimes. Um, but we want to make those community connections mm-hmm. where we don't have to be such a divided community um, and can live, play and work together and build together um, to be able to give equitable things uh, in every area of life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Love, love to hear it. Okay, so you just kind of touched on it, but do you want to tell me a little bit more about the Fathers Academy Network? How did yeah. this idea like come about?
0: Had my first child, 17 years old, came to the University of Iowa, single dad, um, no support whatsoever, which was cool. Um, Son went to every class with me, went to my work-study job, and once I graduated, um, I wanted to figure out a way, how can I become an advocate um, for father rights? Um, So not I graduated in 2010, started Dream City in 2012, so about two years after graduation, um, as I was kind of dreaming about what my organization would do. Um, I knew I wanted to work with boys or young black men, um, but I also knew that it had to have a father piece because oftentimes um, children of color in general don't grow up with their father in the home, and that leads to some of the inequitable things that we see within our communities. Um, And I wanted to be a change agent to make sure that fathers knew their rights, that Mm -hmm. fathers understood that regardless if if you're with your child's mother or not, that you have a responsibility to that child Mm -hmm. um, to provide, to to spend time with. um, And to just, I wanted to create a community for fathers um, to be able to share their stories, to talk about struggles, um, to share resources. um, And to this day, I, I tell people, That would just be one thing that I'll always be is an advocate for father rights, because I know the impact um, that fathers have in their children's lives or the negative impact that they have when they're not present.
1: Absolutely. It seems like you're doing an amazing job of it, too. We're trying. Yeah, you, you are. Absolutely. So you've been in a lot of different community roles, as you mentioned. What changes have you seen in terms of the community equity in the past five years? And then on the flip side of that, what changes do you hope to see in the next five years? Heavy question, but. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think a lot of things have changed. I also think that the pandemic has kind of set us back somewhat. Um, Especially, so we are here in the South District. um, And I think that it is a growing and thriving community Um, where you do see lots of equitable things happening um, because of the organizations that are housed in this district. Um, But I do know with the pandemic, you know, lives, people's lives have changed drastically. Um, Needs have grown grown more than uh, many organizations can handle on their own. Um, I think resources have dried up in some ways, uh, which has led to... Uh, more issues when it comes to mental health crisis, um, food insecurities. Um, So in the next five years, my hope is that we find a way to address those two things that I just talked about is mental health Mm -hmm. and food insecurities, as well as, you know, childcare, one of the most expensive things in the world and you need great childcare. But we learned that when kids have great childcare options, um, they have a better start to their academic career Mm -hmm. And uh, in the last five years, those three things have been highlighted in such a way that I hope in the next five years that our community put tons of resources um, into those specific areas. Yeah, I
1: absolutely agree. Mental health is what, I guess, the aspect of healthcare that I want to go into specifically. I think it's such, it's obviously so, so important. And I think that the pandemic, like you said, it helped it. It helped, I think it helped raise awareness for Mm -hmm. mental health. It helped people realize that, you know, not everyone's okay all the time and not everyone is, people are just more willing to talk about it. But on the flip side, it did make everyone's mental, not everyone's, a lot of people's mental health struggle or bring to light issues um, that they weren't aware of. So I agree that I hope in the next five years, I think even in the past year, I think I'm starting to see more change of advocacy for it you know I even on the university campus there's been a lot more clubs like the green green bandana project was bought brought to the university um, which focuses on mental health and stuff like that so I hope I continue seeing things like that too what are tangible ways people in the community could get involved with your work whether it's here anywhere
0: great question Mm -hmm. uh I think the simple answer to that is come check us out. Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes many people in our community don't know uh, what Dream City does. Um, some people think that we are specifically for minority uh, families. Um, and though we serve a great population of minorities, you know we're, our programs are open to all people. Mm-hmm. Um, and more importantly, again, we're trying to build one community. Um, so ways people can get involved is by volunteering, um, whether that's through tutoring, through mentoring, um, through providing uh, hot meals. So we have a program Monday through Friday for our, our youth. Um, that's a way to get connected. Um, all of those youth parents uh, are always looking to be a part of community um, and not just the community that, ex- that exclusively accept them, but being a part of our vocal community. Mm-hmm. Um, so get involved, in, when we put on events, uh, come stop by, learn, uh, tell your friends about us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can get involved by contributing financially, um, just multiple ways to get yeah. involved.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, and we can also link the Dream City website as well on all the right. podcast. So for all of our listeners, that link will be down there too. Um, and then so transitioning into the health equity conference that we are doing this podcast for what's something that you hope to talk about at the conference or that you hope to hear about
0: yeah I'm just excited to be um, in the place with a lot of my my co-workers Mm -hmm. Um, I looked at the website and I knew the majority of the people that's going to be presenting Um, my hope is again that that we truly talk about how the things that we're talking about in that space, how do we get it into the community? Um, oftentimes the university campus is its own yeah. own community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the local Iowa City, Coralville, North Liberty is separate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the University of Iowa has one of the most amazing communities, um, especially when it comes to diversity. Yes. Um, so hopefully there'll be some conversation around how can we better connect as one community, to be able to share resources, yeah. um, to be able to, again, just grow as one big community.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I know that, at least for us group of students that are finding panelists and putting this on, bridging that gap is huge for us, too, and you know, making sure that tangible change does come from this in the community side, because, as you said, the university has so many amazing resources and a great community, but using those resources and pushing them out is... Obviously super, super important. Okay, so last question. What is the biggest thing you want listeners to take away from our conversation today?
0: Uh I'ma start with what I'm gonna say what I said to start. Mm-hmm. Equity over equality. Yeah. I believe that if we can live in a world where people saw from a lens of equity versus or over equality, uh, that alone changes a lot. Because um, when we think about things being equitable, again, healthcare care assets, mm-hmm. it's needed. Mm-hmm. Education, it is needed. Yeah. Um, employment, it's needed. Um, and once those things become equitable, again, all people will have a chance of having great success. Um, I'm, I'm not going to even talk nationally. Let's just talk locally. Yeah, right, right here right. in Iowa City, yeah. um, all children will know that they are cared about. Um, all families will, will know that they are a part of this community, um, and most importantly, all of us will know that we're in this thing together.
1: that's awesome, it really is that's all I have for today, but thank you for your time and thank you for doing this. I learned a lot I can't wait to talk more at the conference and to hear more about everyone's thoughts on bridging the gap and then thank you listeners for joining us today. If you're interested, check out more of the Healthy Project podcast, My City, My Health Edition, on the mycity.health website.